a lot of people say your principal place of residence is not an investment. To me, it is because it's, uh, you know, it's the capital gains tax free investments as well. This is Property Investory where we talk to successful property investors to find out more about their stories, mindset and strategies. I'm Tyrone Shum and in this episode, we continue our conversation with buyer's agent and prolific property investor, Frank Riety. He informs us of the different strategies you can take when building your portfolio and why it's important to seize the opportunities when they present themselves. Beginning his property investments back in 1993, Riety emphasizes the importance of having an investment-based mindset when considering your assets, even your principal place of residence. If I look at my my portfolio of you know investments that I'm holding now, um, the the earliest one goes back to 2007. Like I said, I started in '93, you know, built up some equity in those two, you know, sold those to buy a principal place of residence and then you know and and obviously you know buying the principal place of residence is a, is a lifestyle thing it's a life choice it's i still look at those as as investments i know a lot of people say your principal place of residence is not an investment to me it is because it's uh you know it's the capital gains tax free investments as well um and and if you buy a, like i said a quality property in a quality location obviously depending on where you want to live um they you know they will perform well as well so but in my current portfolio that i have a, a unit actually funnily enough in gladesville um bought that back in 2007 before i even thought about living in gladesville myself um and that one has you know well and truly um you know doubled um if i look at it now i've had that for 15 years actually and you know that's increased 128 percent um and you know with a uh, you know an actual you know average annual growth rate of, of 8.6 percent um i've got a little spreadsheet here by the way i don't know all these numbers off the top of my head <laughs> from 2011 Riety went on to add an additional eight properties to his portfolio in six years even acquiring three properties in four months during 2015 the reason for that is um, I, you know, I talk about life throwing you curveballs and gets gets in the way. I actually ended up getting divorced in 2009 um, and then remarried um, in 2012. Um, so in 2012, um, you know, um, sorry, I got married in 2013. <laughs> met my wife in current wife in 2012 got married in 2013 so a couple of years into our marriage you know i started educating my wife on on investment property she she you know notably did already own a property herself so we pulled our money together we were both working in the corporate world earning good dollars um had you know a bit of money there in equity to um to invest so we went hard in 2015 and purchased like i said three three and four months um and then another in 2016 another in 2017 and well, actually, two in 2017 because we ended up purchasing this our principal place of residence in 2017 as well. Well, our second one because we moved from a previous one. 2015 was a big year for Riety as it also marked his first foray into interstate property investment. Yeah, it started in New South Wales in, in obviously the Sydney metro area. Um, and then it was probably around that 2015. So three of those uh 
three, sorry, two of those three purchases in 2015 were in actually in Queensland, um, two houses in in Brisbane. Uh, now, funny enough, around that time, you know, mid 2015, people were saying, you know, Brisbane's overdue. It's the it's the place to invest. The boom is about to happen in there, and you know, obviously, it, we know it didn't. It's happening now, um, of which I was fine with because I was like. You know, I have this philosophy of I'd rather get in too early than too late um, to, to pick up that upswing. Um, now, in saying that, in, in those, you know, I've had those, like I said, in 2015, um, so I've held them for, you know, between six and seven years now. In that time, they they were growing at maybe three, four, five percent. Um, you know, if I look at them now, the average annual growth rate, you know, is, you know, for one of them's at nine percent, the other one's at 8.3. So they've really taken off you know, in this last uh, couple of years and hopefully still a couple more years to go or maybe a decade to go in Brisbane as they play catch up to the rest. Um, and I made the decision to invest in Brisbane um, with the help of a buyer's agent, of course, um, basically for a bit of diversification too. Um, it wasn't about just our you know, the media saying Brisbane's about to boom. It was about, okay, well, I've got enough in Sydney now uh, and Sydney was becoming more and more expensive as it does. Um, let's, you know, let's go in and diversify into um, into Brisbane. So I got two houses in Brisbane and also then went into Melbourne in um, 2017 and bought a house in Melbourne. So all in all, um, you know, I've got, uh, what have I got here? Five houses and four units. Um, uh, two houses in Brisbane, one house in Melbourne, and the rest, um, all the units are in Sydney and a couple of houses in Sydney as well. Variety shares some examples of what it means to invest in high-value assets in the right areas can do for you. It's valued at you know, circa $14 million at the moment um across those um and that's across the the nine properties including my principal place of residence um if i split that out you know the the eight investments are probably worth around 11 and uh my principal place of residence is is gone up to be worth around three um and yeah look obviously they're bringing in rental income you know rental income is probably just under 300k um per annum obviously that's gross before you know interest repayments and, and associated fees with holding the properties um and that's uh, you know has given me you know that was you know one of the reasons why i was able to leave the corporate world um you know actually you know when i left uh, the the blacktown workers club group i, I had been promoted to, from cfo to ceo um so it was a big decision you know to to walk away from that um i think it was time for me I, i'd had enough um and i needed a break and needed a change so um like i said the opportunity to follow my passion but if it wasn't for you know, the investment properties and having been invested for, for such a long period of time um, probably wouldn't have, uh, you know, I would have been probably too risk averse that, you know, I've got to earn, keep earning uh, to, to do that. So it's definitely helped me in that respect. And, and you know, it's, you know, like I said, my wife and I are of a very similar age. We're in our late 40s. Uh, you know, it's the, this, the big decision now of, well, you know, the decision is ours as to when we want to pack it all in and retire and go traveling for most of the year and things like that. Um, but, you know, that's probably, you know, when we hit 50 in a couple of years, you know, another one of those lifestyle uh, lifestyle uh, moments, I suppose, that we'll sit down and go, well, when do we want to pull the plug on all of it? Rioty endorses a pragmatic approach to property investment, suggesting not to limit yourself to only buying houses. And I love units, to be honest with you. And I, th I think it came down to affordability. Um, 
and it's it's all well you know and i i listen to a lot of things and read a lot of things property related and you know i always hear you know and, and it's funny now with the advent of social media and facebook you know you get stuck into these forums and just watch what people are writing and you know somebody will throw up a question should i buy a house or a unit and then all these people start commenting don't touch units buy a house buy land and that's all well and good for someone to say don't buy units but if you can't afford a house and you've only got a set budget as most people do especially when they're starting out sometimes the best thing they can buy is only a unit um and then there's the whole debate well buy a house in a regional area or interstate that might be the same price as a unit in sydney for example um you know but uh, you know now that with all the data available you know i can show you where a a unit in the eastern suburbs or the inner west or the northern beaches of sydney has for the last 10 15 20 years outperformed a house in another state for example close to the city or in western sydney or northwestern city or, or central coast or, or something like that um, so it's quite interesting you know units do grow in value um, they still have good you know rental yields on them they're they're easy to rent yes people go oh what about the strata i say well yes there is strata fees but on a house you have repairs and maintenance um and and if anything you know the repairs on maintenance on there is repairs and maintenance on the land i, I own both i know you know ah oh, this tree has over is starting to overgrow and shadow the the bedroom of the house you need to get someone in to cut those trees back um you know many things you know i had a tree fall on the back shed in one of the houses in brisbane in a storm and um for whatever reason the insurance didn't cover it luckily it wasn't too much I, the, the shed itself didn't get damaged um they just have to just have to pay for the tree to be removed <laughs> and things like that um so you know and and you know i've got units where i literally haven't had to change a washer in a tap for five years so and then others where well yeah the dishwasher's gone the um the hot water system needs replacing and things like that Rarity has seen firsthand how maintenance issues can arise seemingly out of nowhere. Comes up out of the blue, yeah, but then when you add it all up at the end, you go, wow, that, that equates to, well, if I was to divide that by four, that's a three grand per quarter, you know, not three grand, but two grand per quarter strata bill, basically. Uh, you know, none of the landlord's insurance that comes with, you know, a house as well, whereas, you know, with... Uh, Obviously, you still have landlord's insurance for your units, but the building is insured by the body corporate, by the by the strata. Um, it's only, you know, you're inside your tenancy that um, requires you to take out um, landlord's insurance. So, yeah, it does, it does add up the repairs and maintenance. Um, but, you know, whether it's a unit or a house, those things, are, you know, like I said, it, when it rains, it pours, so to speak. <laughs> no, pun in, no pun intended. <laughs> he shows us that you don't need to spend big money adding value to your property if you keep sustained rental income and make pragmatic choices between tenants. They're rented and they're rented well and, and they've always been rented. So, uh, you know, I have done, I remember in one of the houses in Brisbane um, that, you know, the tenants gave notice so they were moving out. So, you know, myself and, and the property manager said, look, um, you know, you've got, a, you've got a wall here with that, you know, I could get someone in within a week, two weeks, um, you know, while we've got it on the market to lease, really open up, you know, create that open floor plan between the kitchen and dining. Um, so, I you know, I, I record doing that, um, you know, little things like, you know, adding an air con, a spit system here or there. Um, I've done, um, but nothing, nothing too structural, to be honest with you. Um, you know, my, my units still have the original bathrooms 
that they have. Actually, the one thing I did do, the Gladesville unit, when I bought it back in 2007, I bought it knowing that the kitchen would have to be ripped out immediately, uh, which I did just to make it um, easier to, to lease. Um, and I did that, and that kitchen is still going strong and, and still looking you know, I wouldn't say it's as modern as ever. It doesn't have, you know, what everyone has now, the stone bench tops and things like that. Well, I don't know how many rental properties have that, but it's got a nice laminate bench top, white cupboards, you know, stainless steel or brushed aluminium, slimline handles. It, it looks good. It's always getting leased out. Maybe down the track when I make the decision to, you know, consolidate and, and sell and pay off some debt, um, possibly, um, you know, the houses in Brisbane in particular are sitting on good sized blocks of land um, that you could possibly even bulldoze the house um, and, um, you know, and build something brand new or whether I just sell it as is and let someone else, you know, pick up that upside. Um, it's the choice is there, I suppose. Coming up after the break, Rarity explains the importance of what motivates you when pursuing building a property portfolio. A lot of people are buying properties or investing in property with the aim of holding them long term and obviously passing them on down to their kids. Why he credits this one mentor and how it's impacted his life. He has a different way of thinking. He was very similar to myself. He was an accountant. You know, he tells the story. The benefits of technology in the property business. Negotiating with a real estate agent and we exchange on a property, you know, in my board shorts on the, on the beach in Noosa, literally. And that's next. I'm Taran Sham and you're listening to Property Investory. Hey, let's be real. Deals that can yield 20 to 30% per annum do exist. Don't believe me? Well, here's a story about property development I invested in Victoria. This developer had the project fully funded beforehand but he and his family suffered a loss, a circumstance that led him to be unable to proceed with the development. So, I stepped in and in two weeks, we funded the shortfall, allowing for the development to continue. Five months later, the development was refinanced and we received our funds back with interest. Yes, there are amazing opportunities in the property market like this one. So, do you want to get a better return with lower risk on your money? Then register your interest by visiting propertyinvestory.com. Taking us through why he has his property portfolio, Riety presents to us the freedoms it has allowed him. Early retirement, you know, I remember, still remember my dad saying at 19, you know, when we bought the first one, um, you'll thank me when, you, when you're 40. <laughs> now I was 19, I'm like, 40? <laughs> that's, a, that's a lifetime away. And here I am nearly 50. <laughs> um, and I, uh, you know, I still remember it like it was yesterday. It's funny, my memory's still there. So that's, that's a good thing. Um, and, you know, he was right. And I, I thank him every day for it, you know. Um, so yeah, look, and that was always the goal that to have the choice when I got to this age, some sometime between late forties and fifties, um, to make the choice, you know, on my terms as to when, um, you know, to, to retire and, and to travel basically, um, and just having the the you know the the lifestyle you want and the freedom to do what you want. You know, who knows? I may keep 
you know, working. I, I may not, you know, as long I'm all about as long as I'm happy and enjoying life, then I'll keep doing keep doing what we're doing. But I, I suppose it is about that choice. Um, it was also about not relying on superannuation. Um, you know, and especially very early on when you're not, when you're only earning seventeen thousand uh, dollars, you know, you're not getting much super there. And I always never worried about super. I was like, if I ever get any super when I hit sixty-five or whatever the the year was, well, that'll just be a, a bonus. Um, and you know, obviously over your career and as your salary increases and you and you you know you're in executive roles, you're like saying, oh, there's a bit of super there now. That that'll come in handy one day. But you know, that's still what is it, sixty, sixty-five before you can even touch that. Um, so you know, that'll be a bonus when it comes. So I wanted to be self-funded. I didn't want to rely on the system, whether it be the pension or super. I wanted to have unencumbered rental income um, coming in to um, to support my my lifestyle and my retirement, if you like. I've been quite lucky. And, and this is the thing, the investment property or, you know, investing in property hasn't restricted me in any way in regards to, you know, traveling and things like that. Um, I always say that Although for a long part of the, you know, especially the early years, the, the, the properties were negatively geared, you know, in other words, I, w- I was making a loss on them. Um, you know, rent was always coming in, um, but it didn't, you know, restrict me at any, you know, in any way. You know, I suppose uh, luckily I was employed, you know, in for good companies with, with good jobs and, you know, um, earning average to good salaries towards the end, it became very good. Um, but they didn't, they didn't restrict me at all, you know. Property managers manage the properties. Yes, you get an email, etc. You know, today it's great. You know, you, you can make a phone call from overseas. You can respond to an email. But it's not something I've had to keep an eye on and manage every day. Um, so from that, you know, ease of investment, it's it's worked out really well. Um, but yeah, you know, look, you know, I suppose the, the, the plan is, I say to my wife, you know, in a year we'll travel for three months, come home for three months, see friends and family or whatever, plan the next trip travel again for three months and come back whether that plans out like that or not but even just the ability to um you know to go away somewhere for for a couple of weeks is nice you know actually we we got away for the first time just this week Uh, last week went up to noosa um and it was funny you know as a buyer's agent it was like i was you know, negotiating with a real estate agent and we exchanged on a property, you know, in my board shorts on the, on the beach in Noosa, literally. <laughs> I said to the agent, I said, you realise, he, he said, are you still in Noosa? I said, yeah, I'm on the beach as we speak. <laughs> Explaining the importance of motivation when pursuing building a property portfolio, Rarity emphasises always thinking about the reasons you're investing we're talking to clients all the time at Henderson, you know, we're asking them what their strategy is. And, you know, um, I, uh, my wife and I, we don't have kids, but others obviously do. And they're looking, you know, and you hear stories about how hard it is, you know, for future generations, current generations to, to going to be to be able to afford property. So a lot of people are buying properties or investing in property with the aim of holding them long-term and obviously passing them on down to their kids um, and, and, you know, giving them the head start that they need. Um, now, as my wife keeps telling me, we don't have any kids. So she goes, we're not leaving them to anyone. We're going to spend them. We're going to sp- spend them. I said, well, we don't want to spend them too quick. <laughs> you know, we don't know how long we're going to go on for, but hopefully a long time. Now, back in the early 90s, there, there wasn't much. There wasn't much, you know, buyers, agents, 
I don't even know if buyers agency in, in Australia were around in, in the early 90s um, and then and, you know the, the internet was only <laughs> starting starting to kick off people didn't know if that was a real thing or not um, and so there wasn't much freely available information and you know a lot of what I have learned you know especially in those 90s was was through trial and error like I said you know selling when I probably didn't need to sell and, and you know they're, they're all things they're all life lessons that you learn along the way. Right, he credits his mentor and investment idol with his unorthodox approach to property investment. Look, in regards to, uh, you know, a mentor resource, if you like, you know, I did come across, uh, you know, in 2015, Chris Gray, um, who's, who's a prominent buyer's agent in the eastern suburbs of Sydney. Um, he he is he has a different way of thinking. He was very similar to myself. He was an accountant. You know, he tells the story. I remember watching a YouTube video. Um, it just sort of mesmerized me. He was an accountant working for Deloitte, you know. Um, you know, tells the story of how, you know, people were earning 100, 200 grand to his colleagues, but they were blowing it and not investing any of it. So, you know, it comes back to the story. It's not about how much you earn. It's about how much of that you retain and, and can invest. Um, and, you know, he's, a, he's, you know, he calls himself a contrarian, which is, you know, he does the opposite to everybody. So, you know, he tells his story. He bought half his portfolio in the GFC while everyone was selling. Um, he, he was snapping up properties um, very smart. So, yeah. And, and, you know, I actually, you know, sat down with Chris, uh, got in contact with him in 2005. 15s my wife and I I said to my wife we're gonna go and meet Chris Gray you know that's that guy I keep watching on TV and watching his stuff so we went and met him and, and you know we engaged him as a buyer's agent um, to, to buy us an apartment in the eastern suburbs so even though we live in Sydney ourselves you know Chris ended up buying one for us in um, in Coogee um, which I obviously still hold today so that was one of those um, three in 2015 um, you know he ended up getting that off market for us um, which was great so that opened my eyes to you know the likes of off-market properties uh, and you know they you know a lot of properties that the general public just don't see um, because they do trade off market obviously in the last year of being a buyer's agent myself I've really seen how prevalent that is um, and you know for whatever reason um, some vendors just like to do that um, so yeah look and, and so you know then I you know, having already watched Chris and talking to him and then, you know, him engaging him as a buyer's agent uh, and, you know, still uh, friends with, with Chris t um, today. Um, and, you know, anytime Chris, you know, He's, he, he has a book that I think he's only, he tells the story he's, you know, where he used to use examples in the book of, you know, a property, you, you buy a property for 500000 he's had to up it to change to a million dollars now just for to make the examples relevant. But otherwise, his book um, that he gives away for free, mind you, uh, is still relevant and is, you know, just some great insights there and, and you know. It talks, it talks about logic. You know, I love his story about how he went to get a loan because he wanted to buy his own place. And I think this was back when he was living in the UK. Um, he wanted to buy his own case, uh, a place by, to live by himself and the bank wouldn't lend him the money. So he said, how about I buy a three-bedroom house and I rent out two of those bedrooms to my mates. So those bringing in some income and the bank said, yeah, we're fine with that because you've got income coming in. So he was able, he couldn't buy one better, but he could buy a three because he'd rent out the other two bedrooms, bringing in income. And he was basically then living for free and, um, you know, just, you know, great, great thinking and, and that contrarian thinking. Sharing with us his mantra, Rarity talks about the best advice he'd ever received. It's actually again come from my dad, and and it's and it's a quote that actually is relevant to a hell of a lot of things in life, and and it's uh, you know never put off till tomorrow um, what you can do today. Um, it's relevant in in life. It's relevant in your jobs, in your career, and it's definitely relevant in property. Um, 
you know, a lot of people do put off um, buying property or investing in property um, till tomorrow. And then tomorrow comes and they put it off again and again. Um, now, the reason why that is, whether they're just not decisive, not sure, lack of education, lack of information, I'm not sure. Um, but definitely, you know, never put off till tomorrow what you can do today. And, you know, there's plenty of stories where, you know, back in my corporate world where I'd be, you know, it'll be late at night and, you know, I just want to go home, but I know I've got to finish this thing. And, you know, the question comes across your mind, I'll just do that tomorrow. But then I remember that quote and I go, no, I'll do it now. And then more often than not, tomorrow would come and something would happen. And I'd go, you know what? I'm glad I finished that last night and not today because I wouldn't have been able to get to it today. So like I said, it works in your career, works in life, that saying, and, and definitely works in property investing to, um, as well. You know, don't put off till tomorrow what you can do today. Looking forward to the future, Wright is excited for what comes next in his personal property journey. I think um, in, in the next five years is just, you know, continuing at least for the next two to three years. As I said, at 50, I'll, I'll sit down with my wife and go, you know, we've hit the big milestone now, what do we want to do? But just continuing to grow and learn um, in my in my buyer's agency career. Um, in regards to property investing, you know, I've got the capacity, we've got the capacity there to purchase again. Um, it's just a matter of do I really or do you know do we really need to? Um, like I said, the portfolio is sitting at fourteen million now. You know that the LVR is is down at forty five percent. We've got no children to leave it to. So how much do we really need in retirement? Um, you know, I think I'll just let what what the the eight investments and plus the house we live in just keep doing what they're doing and growing um, as you know and doing what they do over the next three to five years and 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 see that out. And you know, possibly get to a stage where then we'll sell, you know, as as little property as possible. You know, maybe sell one or two. That'll pay off the debt on all of them. Um, and then we've just got unencumbered rental income coming in. Um, so really, just consolidating the portfolio, I think, is is front of mind. I'm always on the lookout, though, um, as it's, it's part of my job now. It's daily routine that you know, when it, when a good deal comes up. Um, you know, and, and I love looking at property and buying properties. So, so who knows, maybe there might be another purchase there, another unit or something in the East. <laughs> who knows? Frank, you've achieved so much success. You know, you've been able to share your amazing story about your property investment journey. How much of this success is being due to your skill, intelligence and hard work and how much of it is due to luck? You've got to create your own luck. You've got, you've got to put yourself in the best position possible to then be able to reap the rewards of whatever luck life throws you um you know it's it's quite easy for people to say you know are oh, you invested in property you got lucky because sydney boomed or you know brisbane's now booming well had i not invested had i not you know had the intelligence um uh, to want to invest and understood what it could do for me um i'll you know then I'll, the property market could have boomed a thousand percent and had I not been invested in it, I would, there would have been no luck come my way. So, you know, you've got to make the decision um, to reap the rewards of luck. So, you know, I would say a combination of both, you know, I was smart enough to invest in property at a very young age. Um, you know, I was able to do that because I made the decision to live at home, not buy a car, um, you know, save, save hard, um, you know, 
you know, people might ask, how did, you know, I can't even remember if I had a deposit back when I was 19. Um, one thing that, you know, I was lucky enough to have um, supportive parents who, you know, like I said, planted the seed, but not only that, um, gave me a second mortgage. They put up a second mortgage on their house to be able to afford so that I could get a loan. So, you know, you could say that that is luck um, there. Um, and But that's how I got the start my parents you know went guarantor put up a second mortgage i didn't really understand what it meant at the time <laughs> like i said my dad worked in the bank he said i can i can give, put a second mortgage on our house and we, we we can do it i said okay whatever you whatever you say um so look i think it's a bit about you know and it's it's, it's all about being patient as well i think the reason why people don't get up to you know, four, five, six properties, you know, you look at the stats from the ATO and, you know, very few, I think there's 20,000, maybe 25,000 or less that have, you know, six or more properties. Um, most people have one, you know, after three, four, five years, it hasn't performed well, you know, and they get impatient and they sell it. Um, so they never get to that second property. Now, you know, the first, second, third, fourth it is the hardest, but once you've got four, three or four and they're you're going through a nice growth phase and they're all growing together or well, suddenly that's you know what I call the snowball and you've got a lot of equity there to be able to then be able to go and purchase you know three you know three properties in four months you know you've got to have the income to support it you've got to be able to service it equity is obviously one thing and servicing is the other you know so you know, I suppose I, I was lucky that you know the, the woman I met and married um, was a, was a very successful and and corporate uh, person. She's in HR in in her own right. Um, she, I was lucky she already had a property herself. Um, so look, there, there's obviously a bit of luck that comes in life. But like I said, you you got to make your own luck as well, and you've got to put yourself in in the best position property um, uh, that you can. Thank you to Frank Riety, our guest on this episode of Property Investory. If you love the show, perhaps you're now ready to invest your money in a low-risk, high-return deal. If you are, then SMS me your name and email address on 0499881040 to become a lender. There are amazing opportunities in the property market right now. And I'm looking for lenders who want to invest their money for a shorter six months. What are you waiting for? Don't let your money just sit in the bank. To register your interest, text me your name and email address on 0499881040. As humans, we're naturally driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search, match with Indeed. When I was looking to hire someone, it was so slow and overwhelming. I wish I had used Indeed. If you need to hire, you need Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. 
Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. And Indeed doesn't just help you hire faster. 93% of employers agree Indeed delivers the highest quality matches compared to other job sites, according to a recent Indeed survey. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash podcast. That's Indeed.com slash podcast. Terms and conditions apply.